0: Welcome to episode number 68 of The Nail in the Coffin. Tom and Travis recording on Thursday night, a little less than 48 hours before the Cavs begin their defense of the NBA title. Uh, I'm ready. Trev, are you ready?
1: Um, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess it's re- I guess I don't have much choice at this point, right? Hey, neither do the uh, Cavs. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully they're, they're more ready than I am.
0: Whew. Um... Man, I've been thinking about it a lot. I mean, the regular season wrapped up last night with uh, yet another lackluster performance, although none of the big three were playing. So, yeah, it kind of had that one marked as an L before it even tipped off. But uh, I just thought a lot. I thought back to how optimistic we were about what the season was going to look like uh, back on uh, the the night before the the banner ceremony and the, the opening night game. And I I mean, this is one of the times when I mean, I get a lot of predictions wrong, but this is about as wrong as I've been in a while. And I specifically remember saying that I felt like just the sheer amount of talent on this team that even if they were messing around here and there, they could still threaten the franchise record for wins in a regular season, which was 66 Mm, and that they did not. No, no, they did not. Uh, 51, I believe, was the, the final total. And it just speaks to what a weird season this was. Um, If if you think about this, I mean, you think back to where we were. If I told you during that conversation when we recorded before the opening night um, that statistically speaking, LeBron would have the best season he's had with the Cavs since he came back to Cleveland. Kevin Love had pretty much his best year with the Cavs. Kyrie had the best season of his career. And along the way this year, the Cavs would add Kyle Korver and Darren Williams during the season. How many wins would you have guessed they would end up with?
1: I mean, I'm really hard at predicting wins, but I would have expected a minimum of like 60 at that point. Right. Um, And yeah, I'm with you. I think it wouldn't have been crazy to expect somewhere in the mid-60s even. Um, You would think with how much talent they had coming back, but the season was just... It just took forever, man, and I think I don't I don't know what what I attribute it to, but somewhere along the line they got bored and they got disinterested and they sort of lost their interest in in you know hustling and particularly playing defense and it's just been a disastrous second half. Now none of that really matters at this point because um, the playoffs started, they know who they're playing, and, and all they have to do now is take care of business. But um, I don't know that anyone is is brimming with confidence at their chances considering how they played as of, I don't know, the last month or two.
0: No, and I think the big thing that we could take away from this regular season, and as much as I was hoping that with the pressure off now that they would won a title and you basically had the whole nucleus back, that everybody could just kind of relax and play and um, – this is never going to be a great regular season team as long as this group of guys is together. They just they don't care about the regular season. Their focus is on getting ready for the playoffs. And, um, you know, I think you could certainly debate whether or not they are ready. Uh, I, I think you, we've seen some comments from some of the guys, uh, Channing Fry in particular, had said, you know, I think it was uh, over the weekend, I wish we had another 10 games just to kind of, you know, iron things out. Um, but I mean, we're, we're here now and I I was a little bit encouraged today reading some of what LeBron was saying. And you just got the sense that I think he's really glad that the regular season is over with and it's kind of turning the page and starting off anew with a clean slate. And I I have a feeling that's going to be kind of the general theme around the locker room. Um, you know, in terms of what, what to expect here in the playoffs, um, it's, it's tough because. On the one hand, I think knowing what these guys are capable of, and and knowing what this what this group has done, especially when they've had their back against the wall in the past, and and when they've been counted out, um, I'd feel really dumb uh, to write them off right now, based on what we've seen in the regular oh. season, and, and and you know that it's entirely possible that they could blow their way through the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. I mean, I think coming into the year, at least me and and feel free to disagree, but I felt like coming into the year it was going to be blow through the Eastern Conference, um go into the finals against Golden State as an underdog with with a puncher's chance, with a decent chance. And it's despite everything we've seen to this point, uh I still feel like that's that's entirely possible and and that's exactly what we could get over the next 2 months.
1: The thing about it is right now I wouldn't even give them a puncher's chance against golden state, but if they manage to get there by that point, you take to, to get to that point, they will have to have won enough games and have made you feel, you know, confident enough that, yeah, you're going to have a puncher's chance at that point. So, and I feel fo- truthfully, I fully expect them to do that. Um, I think truthfully, I think the way the, uh, way the playoffs, the bracket sort of fell out. I think they sort of lucked out by getting that second seed and that they're not going to have to play Washington and Boston. Um, And I think those are probably the two teams that I thought could, could stretch a series out against them. Um, So I think all things considered don't really care about the regular season. At this point, I'm, I'm I'll put my faith in it that LeBron can sort of, and I know this term has been overused and I think it even, has been uh been got a shoe named after it at this point, but uh, they can flip that switch and just sort of, you know, be the team that we thought they were going to be or close to it.
0: Yeah, how and, about go ahead? I'm sorry.
1: No, I was just going to say they might not be the team that comes back from down three one in the finals, but if they can be the team that you know, so pr- pretty much steamrolled its way through the Eastern Conference last year, um, in the playoffs, then then you got to like their chances because you've still got. And I don't care who wins the award this year. You've still got the most valuable player in the league.
0: I completely agree with you. And I'm glad you mentioned the flip the switch. I thought that was hilarious yesterday. So yesterday or the day before that Nike came out with new versions of the LeBron and Kyrie shoes. And these are the flip the switch edition. So I, I haven't
1: even seen them today. They, are they cool looking?
0: Uh, Yeah, I, I like um I, I like them both. I like I, I'm not I've not been a huge fan of a lot of the LeBron shoes. I love the Kyrie threes. And these uh, these Kyrie threes, the the brown ones, I think, are like white with some red and, and black. And the Kyrie ones are black shoes with like a purple and electric blue type accents. And they're, they're pretty sharp. Um, I don't know if it's anything I could pull off at, uh, at my age, but, you know, <laughs> they're going to look good we on try. somebody. So we try. We try. We do. But, um, you know, all right. So have you and I talked about the bet I made with my dad? No, okay. Think. So it was a little. By the way, uh, shout out to the chairman. I I, I don't. Yeah, uh, senior. He well, uh he he had a rough go of it uh, on uh, the home opener earlier this week and uh, um recovering now uh, from a, a a broken leg and uh, hope uh, pops uh, gets better soon. But um about a month ago, a little over a month ago, when this slide to finish the regular season was really only just getting started for the Cavs. Uh, He and I were driving and, and got into a discussion and he was really doubting uh, what their playoff chances were looking like. And um, I said, not only are they going to win the East, but they are going to uh, lose uh, less than, uh, three three oh, yes. three and a half games so that was the number we settled on is that the Cavs for me to win this bet and it's it's a lunch bet um the, for, for me to win this the Cavs uh have to lose uh they have to win the Eastern Conference and in the first three rounds combined they have to lose less than a total of three and a half games so um
1: no push there
0: no, that that was why we set it on a half. Is I, I didn't want the yeah, push. If
1: you're a non-degenerate sitting at home wondering, how does anyone win half a game? They don't. The <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. So so all right. So how do you feel about that now? Well, it, I I have to assume that you wouldn't have set the number at three and a half now.
0: I still would. I, you'd I mean, still take it? well, if I'll put it you this way: half, I'd I'd have it. let him throw the number out first and gladly accepted whatever higher number I was offered yeah. because I. You know, what's funny is a lot of the people that uh, I follow um, on on the whole uh, Cavs Twitter universe, uh, you know, some of the the smarter, more dialed in fans that I kind of trust and lean on for good information, were actually having a discussion about this the other night. And they were saying they expect the Cavs to get through the East with two losses or less. I feel like that's ambitious.
1: I think that's really ambitious because it gives you, I mean, it basically gives you zero Zero room for a flop game, which they've had several of lately. I That's, think. I think if you were Vegas, the number's probably. I, I would guess probably like four and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah. That uh, that that. You would you're
1: looking at maximum action and at four and a half, I'd probably take the under. Right. If it was if, uh, my my money, if I were to bet and if I had to pick a number, I'd probably say four. I'd say they lose a game in the first two series, and then the third series goes six. Um. And I mean obviously that's projecting out quite a ways, but that's sort of what you have to do in these 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 future bet scenarios. But I think I mean, yeah, I don't think that's a bad bet on your part. I think that's pretty close to what the number should be and and I don't know that I I don't know what I would bet if the line was three and a half, personally.
0: For reference, just to remind everybody, the last two years the Cavs have won the East. They lost two games in the the first three rounds combined. They the two years ago they swept the first round, they swept the conference finals, and in between that, they beat the Bulls four to two. And then last year last swept year the they first two, two first rounds round. and the Raptors took him to six. I thought it was really interesting a few minutes ago that you said that you think the Cavs lucked out with the side of the bracket that they are on because they avoid Boston and Washington. I gotta be honest, of like the other three teams in the top half of the seedings, the Raptors are the ones that, that Toronto's the team that concerns me the most far and away. I really feel like, and I, and what's funny about saying that is I think they're going to have a little bit more work on their hands in the first round with Milwaukee than they'd probably prefer um, just because Milwaukee can kind of throw some wonky looks at you with all the length that they have. But um I honestly feel like a Cavs Raptors second round series would be the de facto East finals. Cause I, if the Cavs get through Toronto, I feel like they'll steamroll either Boston or Washington, especially Boston.
1: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't really foresee either of those teams really giving a much of a fight, but I don't Toronto doesn't worry me at all. Um, maybe I guess, it, All these teams should worry us considering how they've been playing lately. Um, But yeah, I just can't see it. I know people are getting on Boston for whatever reason. And I don't know if those are not local people so much, but the, you know, the national folks, I think are maybe reading a little too much in what's happened with the Cavs lately and, and reading too much into what's happening with Boston lately and and sort of going opposite directions. Boston Um, had a
0: few real shaky losses, coming down the stretch, not as many as the Cavs. And I think because we expect more out of the Cavs, it was more glaring um, what they had They also
1: had the closest thing that they'll get to a playoff game about a week and a half ago at home and got their doors blown off by a team that was playing pretty rocky basketball at that point. Um, So... I don't know. I just don't think Boston's got it personally. They don't They don't really concern me, and I don't – no one in the East really does, though, honestly, if I'm being honest with myself.
0: No, the, I, I really kind of wrote off Boston when the Cavs went in there and hammered them because that was a game that Boston needed a lot more than the Cavs at that time, and, I mean, that was like the first time that I really felt like the Cavs gave a shit about a game since probably Christmas Day against the Warriors. If I'm being honest about it, I, I just you could tell when they're really dialed in, when they're when they're working on defense. And, you know, the other thing that made me feel good coming out of that was just their defense, which has been so bad on so many nights this year. That was one of the best defensive performances they had had all season. And what was notable about that was that Ty Lu had a much more direct hand in devising the defensive game plan for that game and jason lloyd from the athletic wrote about this uh, like a day or two after and
1: yeah it was pretty interesting and
0: it, it, it just he went a lot more hands on and when they were kind of going over what they wanted to do before the game i think in like a walkthrough or something like that i mean lebron even kind of had his eyes get wide a little bit they said and, and was like oh all right i you know i mean he had been downplaying that game going in but it was like all right, no bullshit here. We're we're coming to play, and uh, you know why that's a big deal is when you get into the playoffs and it's one opponent that you're going to be playing for between four and seven games, and you've got days off in between. The way the Cavs have kind of structured things in in the, you know the past year or two, you know, Ty Lue as is a lot more hands on with the defense, and it just feels like okay if that's if that's what it looks like when he gets more involved, then I feel a lot better than. I did about what I saw in a lot of the other games this year when the Cavs defense looked like a tire fire.
1: Yeah, I think it was weird because he did downplay it, but no one else on the team really did. I think you heard Kyrie and love sort of comment about how it was a fairly significant game. And I think about as decent a regular season game as you can get. And every right out of the gate, they just look different. Um, I don't know what the number was exactly, but I have to, I have to think that they out rebounded Boston by 15 to 20. And if they didn't, it sure felt like it. Um, and that was without Tristan.
0: Just,
1: yeah. And they just, they just out hustled every ball. I mean, it, it was sort of the, the rebounding Kevin love that we saw in Minnesota um, grabbing every, every rebound basically. And and that's sort of the thing that stuck out to me and made me more confident if we were to go against a team like Boston in the playoffs is, Bo- that wasn't an aberration Boston just can't rebound they're not a good rebounding team that's not going to change um, so in, in a series th- that's that's what you're going to see every game um, I don't know if you'll see that sort of obviously that score shouldn't be expected every game but um, that advantage is huge and it's not going away and like you said you'll be rested after every game so you, you're not going to be playing back to so back you'll be able to you know, your guys will be able to go hundred percent, you're not gonna to have to worry about being gassed. Um and I'm not sure that Boston, no matter what they do, really has anything that could that could neutralize that.
0: And that rest is important. Um and I, I think it's gonna and I think it's gonna just be a real critical thing to keep an eye on in these early rounds, and not just because of my three and a half games or less bet, um you can kind of see, even with the days off in between when teams get these early round series dragged out to extra games, it's it's just unnecessary mileage. And I think it really kind of played into what happened with the Cavs and Raptors last year. I mean, the Cavs in general just had way too much talent for Toronto to handle, but, uh, you know, Toronto had been extended in both of their first two series. I think both of those went seven in the first and second rounds. And whereas the Cavs, that, that was six fewer games they played coming into that, and um, I, I think that's one of those things that, like, I'm a little bit nervous about here is just because we have seen the Cavs, when they feel like they've got things under control, tend to kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit, and, you know, I, I think that even happened to them a little bit in the Eastern Conference Finals against Toronto last year. I think they they blew them out of the water in the first two games, if you'll remember, and it really seemed like they were going to be content to go to Toronto and split and come home and nail it down. And, you know, they ended up not getting it together for game four and ended up going six. But, you know, I just, I I don't want to see them act, you know, show up just being content to split in the road games at Indiana in this first round. And then you know just try to you know hey one on the road is good enough Um, because the more games that you play you're opening yourself up to injury and you're just adding a lot of minutes that you don't need to add and we'll just it's just gonna be something to keep an eye on especially given what we saw during the regular season
1: yeah and i i think we we sort of expected lebron to get some more rest i think than he got during the regular season um i saw today even though he sat out a full i think eight games this year he still finished 10th in minutes um which is kind of wild if you think about it um sat out 10 percent of the season but i we expected him to play less i think i don't know if you did or not but i certainly expected them to trim his minutes down and give him give him a little bit more rest uh, just on a regular a regular game day basis, but he didn't get it. And he's, he's sort of, I mean, he's sort of an exception to the rule in terms of everything we know should be how, how bodies operate. Um, he's, he's sort of been, you know, he hasn't really played by those rules for as long as we've known him, but um, I see nothing but positive things by being able to, you know, get extra days off. So I, I'm with you. I think, you don't want to coast and take uh, take games for granted or, you know, punt, for lack of a better term, um, when you could get yourself an extra day or two off, for sure.
0: And, you know, and a couple things with his minutes, that, that became a real talking point for a lot of people, and I think, like, local sports talk radio just beat that into the ground over the second half of the season, and I, I think the important distinction is looking at his minutes per game versus the total minutes he played this year, and he ranked a lot higher in minutes per game because when he did play he would play you know close to 40 minutes that's right but he was able to get his rest in by taking games off and especially what we saw here uh, you know down the stretch and in, in these last few games that he sat out um i'm not worried about about his conditioning and and what he in him having tired legs or anything like that, I think he is exactly where you would want um, LeBron to be going into the playoffs. Uh, the one that's kind of interesting to me is is Tristan, just because um, you know you look at his production this year and just like how the team performed when he was on the floor versus when he wasn't on the floor, and the numbers don't look real great, and I think he caught a little bit of undue criticism for that just because, um, you know, this was the first year he was really the starting center for the entire season. And not only that, but there was no Mozgov on the bench. Um, they tried to bring in Andrew Bogut to kind of give him a little bit of a, a, a so breather down the yeah, stretch. So
1: he, so he gave Tristan 58 seconds of rest.
0: Yeah, it was it was great. You know, the hard work in 58 seconds there, but uh, yeah. that obviously didn't pan out. So, I mean, it was really on Tristan because, like, even their other bigs are not guys that are going to really um, fill that role that he does.
1: I feel like, I feel like Kevin Love could, but he's, he's, they've already, you know, he's so conditioned to that role that he's gotten now. I mean, they clearly changed his role a little bit when he came to Cleveland. Sure. Um, and he's so conditioned to that role now that you can't really go back. I think he could have easily, if you used him the way that they used him in Minnesota, he would fill that Tristan role really well. Um maybe not necessarily on the defensive end. He doesn't have the defensive versatility that Tristan has, but as far as a guy that'll stay near the basket, grab every loose ball and stuff like that, that was what he did in Minnesota. He, he did um, play
0: uh, offensively. I think he did play a little bit more back to the basket and post up a little bit more. And it seems like the Cavs have tried to get him some touches on other parts of the floor, besides just spotting up at, at the perimeter this year, which has been good,
1: but yeah, they've worked it in a little bit more, but yeah. um. But yeah, you're right. They don't really have anyone that does what Tristan does. And I think considering how versatile Tristan is as a defender, um, I think that's even more valuable. I know his rebounds seem to get all the attention, but um, he showed last year during the finals. I thought that he was way more capable on defense than I think we really thought he was. Um, And that's kind of, I mean, that's, that's pretty big. That's huge. If, if, and are we glad that the stupid streak is over? Yeah, that was, that was that was playing him every game.
0: That was where I was going with that. Is
1: yeah, like I kind of get why they kept doing it, but at, at some point, you, come on, you you need rest. Everyone watching you knows you need some rest. Take a couple games off. That is, it's the best injury that's maybe ever happened. Yeah, um, I,
0: I'm I'm still a little worried. I mean, I guess he was playing last night with the splint, and I mean, the good thing is you're not exactly counting on him to knock down eighteen footers and. He could do a yeah, lot of the dirty that, work with with. not his,
1: that damn. He can't shoot free throws when his hands are healthy anyway. No. So. <laughs> whether he's it's shooting
0: right like, handed or left handed, but. yeah,
1: can't get a whole lot worse there. Maybe he'll have to switch back for, for the next couple of weeks or something. But no, I mean, it, I'm with you. I, he's he's probably I think probably the biggest question mark of the starters. Um, and so we'll see what we get from him.
0: And, and he and and yeah, it's exactly like you said. I mean, the Cavs need him. That, that's. You could get away with a game here or there in the regular season, and I know they looked great against Boston in, in that game last week, and, and that's fine, but, I mean, you start getting into a series you're with gonna, the Toronto or right. some of these other uh, teams that you're going to you know have to deal with in the later rounds, and he's going to matter. He's a very important part of what they do. And it's like you said. Whereas a lot of other teams will try to take advantage of you know pick and roll plays where they can get a big defender switched onto a guard, who and and the, the big guy can't keep the guard in front of him. Tristan has his he can move his feet and he's athletic and he can hold his own in those situations. And you need that. And I think it's a huge part of what the Cavs do when they're playing uh, well at the defensive end. So. Um, you know here's hoping that uh, getting those few games off here at the end of the regular season will uh you know leave him refreshed and ready to roll here when the Cavs open up on Saturday
1: yeah for sure hoping so
0: yeah um you know one other thing i wanted to just kind of uh, throw out here is you know i i was kind of thinking about you know that there's been some talk among the beat writers about how you know if the Cavs are going to come back and and Make another run to the finals and and possibly win a championship this year, given how bad they've been in the regular season. It's it's gonna you know be really you know, I, I don't want to say historic or 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 shocking, but really unexpected based on what they've done so far. And it just got me to thinking about some of the other teams in recent years who have been coming off winning. Um, their first championship, or at least the first championship in that era for a team, like when they got that group of guys together. There were two examples that really stood out to me, and the one of them was the 2001 Lakers. I don't know if you remember that team, but 2000, they beat the Pacers in the finals. They won their first title since the mid-'80s. They came back the next year, and I think a lot of people forget this because of how loaded that team was. They ended up finishing second in the West that year in oh one and um they won 56 games but then they got into the playoffs and won the title going fifteen and one in the playoffs their only loss was the game one of the finals was that
1: game one with the sixers yes okay with with uh with uh, Iverson Gar- stepping over Ty yeah. Lue. yeah
0: and that was the only game that Lakers team lost in the entire postseason after they had you know what a lot of people felt like was Stumbled underachieved during the regular season messing around and not being real focused. And the other one that really jumped out at me, and I, I didn't do a ton of digging on this, but just the numbers alone, like blew my mind. The 95 Rockets. If you remember the year before that, they beat the Knicks in seven and they came back the next year. They won 47 games. So four worse than the Cavs this year, they were the sixth seed and their four series that they went through in repeating as champions, they had to beat the four best teams in the regular season to do it. So what the Cavs are up against this year is nowhere near what the Rockets had to go through in 95. So, you know, if you're looking for something to, to kind of help build up your hopes for what the Cavs can do in the playoffs, um, I think that's kind of an interesting example to look at of a team that maybe wasn't necessarily a juggernaut in the regular season, but knew how to win when, when the lights came on.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, and I think you and I've said this all season, you know, we've been, I don't know that we've been that interested in the regular season at any point, really. We've, we've watched a lot of games and, and you know, the, the wins have been fun. The losses have been annoying and this, that, and the other thing, but I don't know about you. I've pretty much been getting me to the playoffs so I can start caring for the last th- four months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, once it became clear that this wasn't going to be the victory lap that we were hoping for. Uh, I, I definitely kind of switched into that mode. I really thought that, uh, especially like when the team opened up the year, I think it was 29 and eight to start the season. Um, you know, I mean, they were on pace to, to win, more than 60 games then Uh, you know, it was looking like it was going to be a pretty fun year. And that was when they were even at a point when Deandre Liggins was starting some games and he's not even on the team now.
1: Um, Oh, Deandre, we hardly knew you.
0: (laughs) How about that? By the way,
1: just what a weird move.
0: Yeah. So the Dante Jones, by the way, has the greatest gig in sports. He, he signed with the Cavs on the last day of the regular season last year. And I, I laughed about it. I've got that shirt that I wore to the parade that's everybody in the, the caricatures of yeah. the team all together, and they're wearing yep. their wine-colored uniforms. He never wore that uniform last year because they never wore it in a game that he played in. <laughs> that's pretty funny. But um, um, and he and he comes back this year, and after sitting out the whole season, at least last year he was played in the D-League, but uh, this year hasn't played a game all year. Last day of the regular season. Hey, guys, I'm back. Let's roll.
1: Yeah, but what I, I saw something on twitter today someone said like and the line that i saw was they really missed dante's voice in the locker room
0: yeah that was a david griffin quote
1: who the hell is listening to dante jones in locker room like who's he really getting to like i i, I don't i i just don't get it um, and it's fine like i don't really care like he's not going to be in the rotation it's not going to it's not that move is going to do i think will do very little um in the grand scheme of things, but i just don't see the point really. Are we expecting anything from him? And then this this Tavares fella who I don't think anyone knew was even a person before yesterday, um and went out and had himself a little block party last night, so that was cool.
0: He did. I mean um, when you're seven three you can uh you could wreak havoc in the post. You can
1: do get away with that. Right. It's just I, I just don't know what what are, are these moves expected to pay dividends this year? I mean, Dante Jones, I can't expect as a future play, but um, what are they? What do you think? What do you think the what the goal is here? What's the what's the point?
0: I will remind you that Dante Jones last year in game six, Cavs had some guys get into foul trouble and I just looked up the box score from that game while, while you were talking there and he uh he had five points. He played five minutes. And the other thing that was, it was very late in the second quarter, and the Cavs were just trying to get into halftime, and they needed somebody to kind of steal a couple minutes for the guys ahead of him in in the rotation. And he came in, got five points in five minutes. And the other thing in that sequence was he drew two fouls on Draymond Green and got him into foul trouble. And that was a huge part of swinging that game and keeping the Cavs in total control and, and going on to win. So. It It's weird. Those guys that you think are just not going to be a big contributor. You just every once in a while, you'll have a crazy moment like that. And, and I'm always going to remember that because that was like the first time in that whole series where I can remember sitting in my basement watching that thinking, holy shit, we got a real shot at coming back and pulling this thing off. Like there are just weird things happening here that don't happen unless you, you might be a team of destiny. And you know who knows? I mean, the odds of something like that happening with the same guy again this year probably not great. But
1: right. um,
0: if he's somebody that the other guys in the locker room like, and if he can push guys in practice, and you know, yeah, it, 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 um you know, it's uh, I, I'm I'm fine with it. And Tavares, I you know I, I was kind of hoping for good things with Larry Sanders, but you know, just everything you read, it I think it wasn't an accident that he had. uh you know, worked out for, I think, half the teams in the league and nobody else was in a real hurry to sign him. And, you know, it even seemed like the Cavs, just by the amount of time that they had had him down with the Canton Charge, it, it felt like they were really looking at him as more of a long-term project than anybody that could contribute now. And uh, is here, I, I highly doubt he's going to get in any meaningful minutes, but at least he seems like a, a live body and somebody that you know, you might be able to have come in and, and defend the paint a little bit in a pinch.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, what do I know? I guess <laughs> the Larry Sanders thing was, was sort of, it was weird to me to begin with because they worked him out and it clearly seemed like they weren't interested. Um, and then Bogan didn't work out and it kind of felt like they went with, um they went with Sanders just because they didn't have any other choice and they wanted to get a big and and. You know, I think they just sort of hoped maybe they'd strike lightning um, and, and and sort of hope that their evaluation was wrong. Um, it turned out to be pretty accurate and <laughs> they, they parted amicably and and that was that. Um, whether they expect anything out of this, this Tavares fella or not, I'm not sure. I doubt it, but um, it seems probably like the same type of play as Sanders was, but with maybe a little more upside
0: and And a lot less concern off the court, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about him, but I mean Larry Sanders is i mean unfortunately he's he's had some some challenges he's gone through, and
1: yeah, um, question marks unrelated to the game
0: right, and I think you know there was a report that he even the other night, his last game with the team, he missed the team bust to the arena, and you know it's like if you're in a situation, i mean I don't want to dump on a guy when he's down, but I mean if you're in a situation where you're fighting for your spot in the league, that's probably not the best move to make. So I don't know all the circumstances and I'll feel bad if there's more to that story that I don't know about, but I mean, it, it is what it is, and you move on and, and you roll with the guys you got now. So um what uh what do you what do you think about the Pacers? Um I did not get a chance to watch too much of that awesome game uh on that Sunday afternoon about a week and a half ago.
1: The double OT game,
0: right? I was. Yeah, I, that was when I was flying out to Seattle. I, I was stalled on a tarmac uh, at the end of regulation, and and I I fired up the app on my phone and watched some of the end of regulation. But uh, beyond that, I really didn't get a chance to see a whole lot of that game, other than the screaming match between LeBron and Tristan on the floor. So, uh.
1: yeah, and that was it was. And sometimes I think LeBron does this type of stuff in a, in sort of a self like sort of almost congratulatory way like after the game he right immediately after the game he he basically apologized for it um which when he said it on tv it kind of it kind of seemed like lebron patting himself on the back for apologizing for it um but then i heard a little more from like wendy and guys in the that were in the locker room and they said no he went up to Tristan and he was you know it was it was something that lebron very rarely does because You know, he tells guys what they need to be told, but he even said he went over the line and, 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 and like Tristan said, I mean, that's shit like that'll happen. Occasionally it shouldn't, but, um, in the heat of the moment, things like that'll happen. And and as long as, you know, they're okay, then I don't think there's anything to that. Um, so much so that I don't even really know that it merits as much as I've talked about it now. (laughs) But, But, um, as far as what I think of Indiana, I think they're way better on paper than their record is. Um, you hear the names on the team. And in theory, I feel like they should be a lot better. Um, I don't know what it is. Paul George, I mean, still had a hell of a season outside of him though. I don't know if there's anyone that really scares me, um, for whatever. And I don't understand why Teague is why Atlanta ever got rid of him, honestly. But, um, he, he doesn't really worry me just because of the history we've had with him. Um, They've got some guys that are nice, you know, they're nice players, but there's no one that should really strike fear in your heart other than Paul George. What do you think?
0: I I think it's hilarious that after the Cavs beat the holy hell out of the Hawks the last two years, that Jeff Teague leaves the Hawks and goes to Indiana. And the first team he's going to see in the playoffs <laughs> once again <laughs> is the Cavs. That
1: same team, those goddamn Cavaliers. <laughs>
0: Was he the guy last year in game one of that Atlanta series that was like walking up not the court saying, year. not this not year,
1: this year, not this year. Yeah. Hey,
0: Jeff, if you're listening, it's going to happen this year too. This year too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Paul George is awesome. And I think it's fair to say even that he's that all injury. the way, he's even all the way back from that injury. And, yeah.
1: It's hard not to like pull for the guy, no matter what. I mean, even if he's playing your team, you still like seeing him play well. Um, because he seems like a pretty unassuming guy who also happens to be really damn good at basketball.
0: Yeah, I uh, like watching him play. There there are stars that I like and stars that I don't like watching, and like James Harden will frustrate me to the end of time, with, with especially with the way Houston plays, but um, Paul George has been a fun dude to watch. So uh, I, I think overall, you know, I, I feel, I, I just, I can't see that, indiana extending the series much i i I can't see this going past five it's going to be a matter of whether the Cavs are are going to be focused and ready to take care of business um i think you could let paul george get his as long as nobody else on the team goes off the one guy that actually kind of scares me probably an irrational amount is cj miles
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say Lance Stevenson.
0: No, no, Lance doesn't even really (laughs) concern me that much. CJ Miles, for whatever reason, I mean, it's easy to forget now because it was such an awful year that we all want to forget. But the last year before LeBron, um, CJ Miles played for the Cavs. And, you know, I I think a lot of the people that were, you know, sticking with the team through a pretty horrendous year kind of have fond memories of him. He's a good dude, but. For whatever reason, man, Jesus Christ, every time the Cavs play him, it seems like that guy just shoots out of his mind. So um, it's cute and it's fun to see a former Cav lighten it up uh, during the regular season. I I don't need to deal with that in the playoffs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's one of those teams, you kind of look at the roster and it's a lot of nice players, but like you said you can let Paul George get his and keep anybody else from killing you and you're fine I think
0: here's one thing to keep an eye on if you see anybody between now and whenever this series shifts to Indiana bring up the fact that the Cavs don't have a good record playing in Indiana even when um, LeBron's been back with the team throw the last couple years out the window I, I looked back at the schedule you'd be stunned how many times it's this happens with the, for the Cavs against the the Pacers and the Bulls both, for whatever reason the Pacers have had the greatest luck catching the Cavs on the second night of a back to back or the last night of a road trip, all these scenarios when the Cavs are going to give LeBron rest or um, Kyrie's off or they I don't I can't remember offhand how many games that Kyrie's missed but they've had guy they've gone in there with less than a full strength team like multiple times and it just it it, whatever the record is i I don't have it in front of me right now but whatever the record is in indiana right now is not indicative at all of them having like any sort of real struggles playing there
1: yeah i'd honestly say that you didn't need to even do that much research because Regular, regular, regular season stuff can usually be thrown out the window when it comes to LeBron in the playoffs.
0: Oh, I, I know, I know. It, it just, it's one of those things <laughs> no, that, I, like, during the season, because it happened again this year, and I think the Cavs actually like went in there one of those games and kind of smacked them around a little bit. I, I'm, I yeah. should have looked that up before, but there was one time that I remember that they played there this year. When it was like once again they were on the second night of a back to back and I was like son of a bitch this happens to them every time they go there and like I I just you know it was one of those nights it was months ago when I just had a little extra time on my hands and I just started looking back at old box scores and it's like yeah I'm not imagining this it's it's like a real thing so um, I know that like Denver seems to get that sort of break just based on where they're located and Eastern Conference teams finishing up west coast trips a lot of times they'll have to like finish up through denver and things like that but yeah i don't i don't know what it is but that always seems to work out for the pacers but you know the good thing with the Cavs that's a that's a really short trip so like detroit was last year um if you're looking to kind of limit travel and things like that can't ask for a much better first round opponent there
1: yeah i mean it, it, it'll be a fun series i think i'm just glad the playoffs are here and we can get into really meaningful basketball for once Um, a little nervous just to see how they, how sharp they come out. I think considering how they've played and we've, I mean, obviously we've sort of beat that horse to death, I think at this point, but um, I don't know about you. I'm just ready to get started. I'm looking forward to it. Um, It's that weird time of year where um, you have to watch the beginning and the end of every game. Like you have to watch the whole thing. You have to plan your night. I know my wife loves, (laughs) <laughs> how this messes up when we eat dinner and what we do and shit like that but um it's a long haul i know that the playoffs are long man they're not short if your team keeps winning no it's um it's not like the world series where it's you know or the baseball playoffs where it's over in like three weeks um it's a it's a full solid two months by the time the finals get here it's going to be you know 80 degrees outside
0: yeah but uh it's 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 a good problem to have if you if you keep yeah. playing oh, and you yeah. keep winning it's games. And...
1: Sure, I, I I'll tell you I don't want to go back to 2012.
0: No, no, I remember the days when CJ Miles was a Cav, and uh... <laughs> trust me when disgusting. I tell you those were not fun days. So, oh boy. Um, well, let's uh, let's do it, man. It's uh, Saturday afternoon. It gets started, and uh, we uh, we go for what Monday night for game two.
1: Yep, Monday. Monday so yeah that's the thing is there's no more back-to-backs it's gonna be minimum one day usually two days um the rest schedule in the playoffs is so much so much obviously so much bigger that teams are way fresher which I think plays in the Cavs hand a lot um I mean it helps everyone but I think when you're as old as the Cavs are um the return on that's probably a little more than it is for a lot of teams
0: not not an accident that the Cavs I think this year were like 41 and 15 when they had at least one day off between games. So
1: yeah, not a fluke.
0: No, no. So, all right. Well, Hey, listen, um, anything else before we get out of here?
1: Uh, No, I'm good. What do you got?
0: Well, uh, it's going to tell everybody, um, you know, we're going to try something uh, that we've been kicking around here a little bit for, uh, for a while now. And uh, you know, with the playoffs starting, we are going to make every attempt here for as long as the playoffs go on for the Cavs. We're going to try to do a podcast after every playoff game, kind of do a um, call in the post-game hangout. I think for some of these, we're going to be bringing on some familiar faces, maybe get some other guests. Other ones, it's going to be just me and Trav. Most of those episodes are probably going to be a little bit shorter just because, you know, you're only going to have one game to cover every time. But uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, to giving it a try. What do you think?
1: Drive-by it's sort of like a quick hitters. I like it. It'll be fun. Yeah.
0: So... It uh, it's a good time. If you haven't done it yet, Um, go subscribe. We're on iTunes and we are on Stitcher and Google play. And um, you know, you could always uh, go check out our Facebook page as well. Uh, Facebook.com slash the nail podcast. Uh, we've been putting up uh, quite a few articles here in the last few days. Um, just kind of touching on some other topics, uh, some things with the Indians and uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty of good calves coverage that will be, sharing on there as well um, with the playoffs ramping up here um, you know all the writers covering the team will be putting out the fine China now so uh, good time to to jump on board there and you know if you want to go catch any of our old episodes uh, you can stream all of them on uh, the nailpodcast.com that's our website draft sound like you had something to say there
1: yeah also just uh, keep an eye on the Facebook page I, I have a feeling as more as this playoff stuff comes out uh, there'll be more. I hate the word because it's overplayed, but more content coming your way. (laughs) All sorts of content coming. Got to try that engagement. Yeah. Push content, content, content. Yeah. Uh, uh, What's our brand going to (laughs) be? All right. I'm done. Uh, But no, keep your eye on the, on the Facebook page. and If you want to bullshit with us, um, by all means do so. Um, We'll put stuff up and encourage people to talk to us and, give us feedback shit like that you'll probably get mentioned on the next episode stuff like that so look for that shit because we'll be putting it out there
0: that's right and uh tell your friends if you are a subscriber to the the show and, and you've been with us for a while and, and you like what we're putting out um
1: yeah if you're still listening clearly we're doing something okay
0: yeah so thank you for that and you know tell your friends and get them on board too so all right. Well, we will be back probably either Saturday night or uh, maybe uh, early Sunday, depending on what happens here with uh, with our schedules. And uh, we'll be talking about Game One. Um, so, in the meantime, for Travis Julie, I am Tom Valentino. Spin the nail in the coffin, and we will talk to you again this weekend.
1: odds makers and influencers. Every episode of Double Down with Russlo is packed with insider tips, deeply skilled analysis, and in-depth discussions. Don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting. Listen to Double Down with Russlo on the Evergreen Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Double Down with Russlo, the business of sports betting podcast.